Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Jen, and I'm here with Jacob, and today we're going to talk about my journey from pro-choice to pro-life. Start us off, Jen, and go ahead and share your story. Start where you think would be a good starting point, and um, yeah, bring us through the story. I'll uh, kind of go back to the beginning. Um, so um, my story started um, with my abortion. Um, and that came about, uh, I had uh, been with my boyfriend for about uh, three years. I met him when I was 16. And so um, found out I was pregnant when I was 19. And um Unfortunately, he was uh, very abusive. He, um, we, we were in college at the time, and uh, I should have gotten out of that relationship a long time before, but I, I just couldn't. Um, you know how sometimes uh, abusive relationships can be. Um, you just kind of get caught in that and um, manipulated and just for whatever reason, you just don't leave. And, and so I didn't. Um, so when I found out I, I was pregnant, he was very angry about that. And um, and in my family uh, dynamics, I was the oldest child. Um, and I was always expected to be the perfect one. Um, I had always gotten straight A's in school. I had always um, felt like I had to do everything perfectly. And um, when I found out I was pregnant, I knew that that was going to be a major issue, especially for my mother. Um, you know, it would make her very upset and it would cause, um, you know, in her mind, a scandal. <laughs> you know, this was the, the late 80s and, you know, things were different than, um, than they are now. Um, it was more of a big deal if you became pregnant out of wedlock um, than it is now. And so uh, I didn't want to disappoint my family. Um, I didn't want to shame myself, basically. Um, and I, um, there were just a lot of reasons. I didn't, I didn't want a child to affect my future. and. Um, I, I really didn't want a child to have to deal with an abusive father. Um, so for a lot of different reasons, um, and because he was so angry and he basically said, get rid of it. I'll never forget those words. Um, I made the unfortunate choice to have an abortion, um, which he fully supported. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, um, I just had no way to go that I felt was, was a good choice for me because I knew at that point, um, I was no longer going to be the perfect girl. Um, if I carried on with the pregnancy, 
I couldn't be perfect because everyone would know. I would be pregnant. Everyone would know. You're not the perfect girl anymore. Um, but if I had the abortion, other people wouldn't know, but I would know. So I would no longer be the perfect girl. Um, so, you know, that event basically shattered me. Um, it was like, if you have a glass and it breaks um, and you try to put it back together and you use like Elmer's glue <laughs> instead of an epoxy or super glue or whatever you're supposed to use to put glass back together. And then you keep trying to put water in the glass or um, if you have a vase and you're trying to put flowers and rocks and water in the glass, you know, it might hold up for a little bit, um, but eventually that's not going to work. And, and that became my life um, after many years. So um, as far as the abortion experience itself, um, you know, I, I don't remember it too much at all. Um, the, the day that it happened, he drove me there. Um, there were no, there was no counseling. I called and made the appointment. I went there. Um, I signed some papers, but nobody counseled me. Nobody offered, uh, an ultrasound. You know, there was nothing, nothing to try to give me options. There was nothing at all. So, um, I remember that the nurse gave me a shot in my hip and I said, oh, that's going to be the worst part of it. And she knowingly said, oh, no, no, it's not. So, she, you know, this nurse knew how bad it was going to be. But I don't remember anything at all about the experience after that. Um, I do remember coming home, um, not to my home. Uh, at that point, he had his own uh, place where he was living. So I went and stayed with him for several days. And um, all I remember about that is just uh, bleeding for several days afterwards. And um, I, you know, I just, I smelled death for weeks after that. And, um, you know, I don't know if that was a delusion or a hallucination, but even to this day, that is a smell that I'm super sensitive to. And I think it all goes back to that experience. So, you know, I, I see the studies that different organizations put out, um, that support pro-choice that say that, um, you know, abortion doesn't harm the woman, um, in the long run. And I have to say that from my personal experience, that's not true. <laughs> there, there are a lot of effects that come about from that. Um, but so I, I will say though, that right after I felt relief because it was over. 
And I thought that I could just go on with my life. And I thought that I would be free. Um, but I thought I was escaping. But really, I wasn't escaping anything because um, I was just getting deeper and deeper into the entrapment, the enslavement, um, because this abusive boyfriend used the abortion as a manip manipulative tool against me. So um, he would threaten to tell my parents. Uh, he threatened to tell my grandmother, who I was very close to. Um, he did make me tell his mother what I had done. Um, so it just uh, it just put me deeper, deeper into a bad situation. Um, it didn't really help anything immediately. Um, so it just added more burdens onto the situation. Um, so eventually, I was able to break free from that relationship. Um, and about two years later, I met my current husband. And he is wonderful. Um, but I um, didn't want to get pregnant right away. Um, and I told him, we're going to wait five years. Uh, because I think I was scared. Um, I just, you know, after the experience, um, I, I just didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to have uh, children. Um, so we did, we waited five years and it was almost five years, um, from the time that we got married that I did finally get pregnant. Um, and I miscarried, um, almost, um, uh, four months into it. So, um, having had an abortion and then having a miscarriage, um, there are very similar, but very different. Um, of course, both are the loss of a child, but um, both are heartbreaking. But the abortion is probably worse in the long run. The difference between the two was that with the abortion, I suppressed that. So I didn't think about that for the seven years that had elapsed. Um, I just, I just tried not to think about it at all. Um, in my day-to-day -day life, it didn't come up. And when I would hear people talk about abortion, you know, of course I knew what I had done, but I just didn't think about it. Um, so, but with a miscarriage, you know, that's something that, that's more acceptable. And so that's something that you can grieve. And it just seems like in society, there's no place to grieve for an aborted child. Um, and so that's, 
that's hard. That's a hard thing to deal with. Um, and I think that's changing now, but back then there, there wasn't anything like that, at least not that I was aware of. So, um, yeah, I just, I was suppressing that, suppressing that, but luckily, um, so shortly after that miscarriage, um, I did get pregnant again and, um, was able to, um, give birth to my daughter who, um, is now 26. And so, um, but unfortunately, she was the only child that we were able to have um, because there were um, several miscarriages then later. Um, and I have to go back and I, you know, I question, was this all a result of that abortion? Did it, was there some lingering effects from that that I was not able to um easily get pregnant and carry the pregnancies um, to term. So, um, but even right after the abortion, I said, I, I just kind of, um, I, I suppressed a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't affected by it. Um, I, over the next 28 years, really was an emotional wreck from all of that. Um, I got into um, alcohol um, right after, before I met my husband. So in that two years, um, a little bit of drug use, very mild, um, but depression, anxiety, um, anger, rage, um, self-esteem issues, um, and control issues really dominated my life for 28 years after the abortion. Um, and I'm sure I was very, very difficult to deal with, um, by everybody, by my family members, um, by my coworkers, I, I'm sure I was very, very difficult. Um, and and looking back on that, you know, I think a lot of that just had to do with I was just, as I said, shattered, and just trying to hold everything together, um, but suppressing it all, and that's how it was all coming out. Um, and during that time period, there was 10 years where I had something that was wrong with me that doctors couldn't figure out, um, couldn't breathe almost every day, um, for 10 years. And it was miserable. And, um, we finally ended up figuring out that part of it was anxiety, but also part of it was um, a food allergy. So once that got under control, that actually um, is part of my testimony, which is why I bring that up. Um, but, you know, so it was, it was just a very, very difficult time during this 28 year period. Um, but 
finally one day came and I'll never forget it. I was just getting ready for work like any other day. I was doing my hair and that was the day that the glue could not hold that glass together anymore. And it just shattered. I came to the end of myself and the glass, the water, the rocks, whatever was in that vase just flew everywhere. And it was not a pretty sight at all. And that was when things really fell apart. So if I was unbearable and hard to deal with before, over the next two years, it was even worse. Because at this point, I finally started to think about, oh, you would have had a child that would be 28 years old right now. Um, what would life be like if you had that child with you now? And I couldn't stop thinking about that. Um, so that was a very, very difficult time to deal with. And um, so thankfully, that was when um, Jesus Christ stepped in and rescued me. Uh, because if he had, I don't know that I would be sitting here talking to you. Because I, I just don't think I could have gone on in that state of mind much longer. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I've got a couple of questions. Um, what emotions do you, as you look back on your story, what emotions did you experience with the abusive boyfriend pushing you towards getting an abortion? What emotions did you have at that time? Um, well, I, you know, it was very upsetting at that time. Um, but I also, I also kind of agreed that that was probably the best thing at that time. I thought that was the case. Um, you know, I was 19 years old in college. There were girls that were having abortions all the time. Um, you know, there were girls that had had two or three abortions by that time um, that I knew of. It, it didn't seem to be a big thing. Um, and so I just thought it was going to be the best thing for me and my future and my family. Um, and so even though I knew it was wrong, I just thought it was going to be the best thing in the end. Mm. And, you know, I was 
then I was in college. I was more liberal. You know, I was on the pro-choice side. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't as hard of a thing for me to do then as it would be, say, today. And you said you got, when, when did you meet Jesus for the first time or when did your relationship with Jesus begin? Um, that was just, uh, seven, seven and a half years ago. Yeah. I didn't what was grow it up like, in a Christian home. What was it like dealing with, um, dealing with that, your abortion story? before meeting Jesus and what was it like after? Oh, um, night and day, totally night and day. Um, I, like I said, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know Jesus before. And so, um, you know, it's easy when you're part of the secular world to believe the lies that you're told um, regarding abortion. Um, you know, it, it's just a clump of cells. Um, it's not really a baby. Um, it's, it's okay. It's, it's better, um, you know, for your life. You couldn't provide enough for that baby. So it, you know, it's okay that you did this. You know, so if you don't know God, it's easier to do those things. Um, but once you do know Jesus Christ and once you become um, aware of his love and his grace and his mercy, then you definitely, I feel, you, sh you can't advocate for the taking of an innocent life any longer. Um, so it's just, it's just a total, total difference um, between now and then. Um, and I think if I would have been a Christian, then I would have made a different choice. Mm. But I can't judge anybody who is a Christian that has an abortion because there are many that do. Um, so I don't, I don't know how to, um, you know, answer for anyone else, but I just know for myself that that's, I would have made a different choice. When it comes to your identity, um, how do you see yourself today? Or how do you, like when it comes to who oh. you are 
and how you hold your identity um you know maybe when it comes to your your past or your your present yeah where are you at today when it comes to who you are well um i'm a child of god i'm a daughter of the king um i feel that um i've been forgiven for my um past transgressions and i am free from my past and I am free to move forward and to hopefully to help others um, to do the same. So I, um, I just feel that um, I am on a path to redemption. I mean, I, I feel like I'm well on the path to redemption and that I am, um, I'm good. That's good. That's good. Um, which Bible passage uh, has have you connected with along this along this journey? Hmm. Oh, let's see. Or which uh, verse really seems to speak into what you've needed um, at times along this journey? Maybe. Or is there like a character in the Bible that seems to have gone through something that provided you with with a lot of yeah insight or help? Well, I guess um, I like Romans eight twenty eight, um, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called to his purpose um, because, you know, that speaks to me that what Satan means to harm us, God can use for our good and for his glory. Um, so, you know, I believe that Satan uses abortion to harm us and, um, but God can take that and he can use it for, his glory, um, you know, for instance, he can use me, just little old me to tell my story. And hopefully, you know, there's some other woman out there who is struggling with the same issues that I've struggled with. And she can take hope um, from knowing that there's a way out, that you don't have to struggle through this that there is hope and there is a way jesus is the way the truth and the life and he can redeem and restore and um so i just i like that verse um i really like i don't like the story um of david and bathsheba and um how their child died but I do like that David realized that once that the child died, that the child was going to heaven and that he would see the child in heaven. Um, because that, again, that is in the Bible, um, that when a child dies, the child goes to heaven. And that gives me hope um, 
that I will see my child in heaven. So I do like mm. that as well. So speaking about how, like you're essentially based on the journey you've been on, how is God using you today? Or how have you been prepared to help others that's unique based on the pain and you know this hard journey that you've had to um to walk down mm-hmm. um well uh so well if i could tell my um my testimony because it's it's pretty cool the way that sure came about and then i'll share that story as well um so I talked about how I had this breathing problem for 10 years. And um, so when we figured out it was a food allergy, I could kind of work on my diet so that I wouldn't um, have the problem as often. Um, But there was one, well, back up a little bit. So I had an aunt um, who was cognitively disabled from birth. and but she loved to go to church and um, she was in an assisted living home and she was getting near the end of her life. And so I thought, well, maybe she would like to start going to church. Um, And this was before I had um, even thought really about becoming a Christian, but it was in the time of my two years here where I'm just a real mess. And I don't even know what made me think about taking her to church. Just something said, Hey, she would probably like to start going to church. So I was, I took her to church and in so doing, that is what started me going to church. And, um, so after she got to where she didn't go any longer, I kept going. And so there was a, um, there was a night and, um, well, by this time I had decided that I was going to be baptized when I turned 50. And so, which was coming up in like six months or so. And, um, there was one night and I just had so much problems breathing and that I almost went to the hospital, which I had never done before. Um, but I just prayed and prayed to Jesus and I listened to music. And, um, so I started feeling better. So I got up and I went to work the next day. I work an hour away. Um, so I was listening to music on my way to work and I've always felt that God speaks to me through music. So as I'm driving to work, every song that came up on the radio had something to do with breath, breathe. Um, it was either in the lyrics in the song title, um, something. And, um, so I just had to laugh and I said, okay, if you play the song, I got saved by Sela. by the time I get to work. And by this time I was about 20 minutes from work. I will call (laughs) and schedule my baptism today. 
I was 10 minutes away from work and that song came on the radio. <laughs> so I called and scheduled my baptism that day. <laughs> so, and, and then when I went to um, meet with the pastor um, about my baptism um, or the counseling, I talked to him for about 10 minutes um, and he immediately recognized. Now, remember when I said that one of the reasons why I had the baptism or why I had the abortion was because, you know, I always felt that I had to be the perfect girl and, you know, that that was a problem for me. Um, and perfectionism had always been a problem for me. If I couldn't do things perfectly, then, you know, I felt like I was losing control or I just wouldn't do it. He recognized right away with talking with me, he said, you have a problem with perfectionism, don't you? I said, yes. He said, you need to get rid of that right now. You, you, can't, you can't keep up doing this. So, you know, that was one of the best pieces of advice that I got right off the bat. Um, so I've really worked on letting that go. Um, so I'm sure that everybody who knows me is very happy that I've kind of backed off of that. Um, but so, yes, I, I was baptized um, in June of 2017. And um, so since then, Right away, um, I volunteered at the pregnancy center here in um, our town, and it's a it's a little bigger town. Um, there's quite the um, poor population here, and it is a lot of crisis pregnancy um, at that particular pregnancy center. And so while I was there, um, I had to counsel a young minor girl who um, was pregnant and um, she had the father was older, um, and so they were going to have to call the police, and so it became quite the issue. Um, when I applied as a volunteer, you know, on the application, they asked if you'd ever had an abortion, and of course, I answered truthfully on my application, um, and the volunteer coordinator, you know, knew about it and we had discussed it, but that's really all the further it went. But because of my interaction with this girl and that the, the police um, would be involved in that, the director of the center um, looked over my application because she wanted to know who was going to be involved in this situation potentially. So she noticed that um, I had had an abortion. And so she called me in and asked me if I had had any counseling related to that, which I had not at the point at that point. And um, so she asked if I would like to go through um, the forgiven and set free 
Bible study. So um, she set me up with a mentor and uh, we went through that uh, study together. And that really helped me on my path as well. So um, after, shortly after that, um, I did not get a chance to return to that uh, pregnancy resource center because COVID hit. And um, I was only able to volunteer one particular night and they were not having their volunteers come in on that night. Um, so in the meantime, I had switched churches. I'm going to church in another county. And um, so then one of the people at my new church asked if I would consider volunteering at the Pregnancy Resource Center in the other county. Um, well, that county, um, as my pastor calls it, is uh, Cornfield County. <laughs> so it's more of a rural county. Um, and the the pregnancy center there is um, more of like a, a pregnancy and life center. Um, so it's it's much less of a crisis pregnancy center and more of a, um, a, a life and family center. Um, and so I volunteer there now and we do a lot of family, um, not family counseling, but um, family classes. Um, uh, they do a lot of um, uh, outreach as far as, um, you know, helping families with um, providing necessities um, for the babies and for the children. Um, it's, it's just a really great environment. Um, but we are trying to get the um, Forgiven and Set Free program going there for women who need abortion recovery help. And we've offered the class twice, and so far, we haven't had anyone um, who have signed up for that yet, but we're praying that someone will come along. You know, it's hard in a small community um, because, you know, it is shameful. Um, and you a lot of times don't want to admit that you've had an abortion. You don't want people to know that. Um, and so I think that might be part of our issue, why we haven't been able to get anybody to come to the study yet. But we're praying that somebody will come eventually. We're there waiting. <laughs> so so as someone who has shared their story and, and, and has um, experienced, well, probably experienced the... Um, the stronghold that shame can have, and also, you know, the opposite of you know having that broken. Would you speak to you know what would you like? What would you like for people to know who currently are letting shame still have that stronghold in their lives? What would you like them to know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if people are struggling, I just want them to know 
that they need to take heart because there is peace in Jesus Christ. Um, he can rescue you from the guilt, the shame, and the despair. Um, there is hope, there's freedom, there's forgiveness in Christ. Um, and as John 14, 6 says, he is truly the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and if you're not struggling, if you've had an abortion in the past and you're not struggling now, I hate to say it, but you probably will in the future. <laughs> Just give it time. Um, because it was, as I said, you know, I, I did okay. I thought for a long time, 28 years, um, I thought I did okay, <laughs> but I really wasn't looking back on it. I wasn't doing okay at all, but, um, it, it just, it, it, it wears on you. And, you know, the studies are out there that say, oh, you know, women do fine after five years, they don't have any regrets and everything's good. Well, yeah, maybe after five years, but go ask them after 10 or 20 or 30 and see, because I think eventually it, it all comes back. Hmm. That's what I would like for women to know. And if there's anyone out there that is contemplating abortion, I mean, I would just advise just don't even go there. You know, just don't even, um, it's not really worth it in the end. Um, I have come such a long ways on the path of recovery from that experience, but there are still things I mean, just this year. And I think it's just because God in his infinite mercy is just being so patient with me and revealing things to me when I'm ready um, and not, not giving me things that I, I can't handle. Um, but I've never really thought about holidays before, but this year um, holidays have really come to my mind. Um, you know, I've thought, Oh, what would, the holidays be like with grandchildren because by now I would probably have grandchildren and um I don't and so you know I see my friends and people that I know that have grandchildren now and I don't and so you know that's starting to hit me now you know 36 years later um so it even though I have come a long way, things still keep coming up over time. So, um, and if someone is count is contemplating abortion, I would recommend that you go to a pregnancy resource center before you make that decision and learn about all your options. Um, at least have an ultrasound and see that baby. You know, I didn't have that option. I didn't have any counseling. I didn't see an ultrasound. Maybe if I did, things would have been different. Um, but I didn't. 
And the other thing I would say is to consider adoption. Um, one of the women that I have um, done classes with at the pregnancy center that I'm at now, she already has a child. She's single and she's pregnant again. And she has made the choice to give her child up for adoption. And I just think she's the bravest woman in the world. I mean, she could have made the easy choice, but she has chosen to carry this child to term and to give the child up for adoption. And I just think that that is just so noble and so brave. And I just admire her so much for making that choice. And, you know, adoption today is a lot different than it used to be. You know, there's open adoptions and there's so many choices. And so, you know, if there's anybody out there who's listening to this and is thinking about adoption or about abortion, just please, there are so many other options available. Please look into those things. Hmm. Wow, Jen. I really appreciate you. Yeah, you sharing your heart and your story. Um, what are your final words as we wrap up, or final thoughts as we wrap up this podcast? Well, there is one other thing um, that I did want to say. Um, having been on both sides of the pro-choice and the pro-life, I guess I would want... Um, for Christians to remember that non-Christians, um, they don't really hear or know or understand God like we do. Um, they're separated from God. They're alienated from God um, because they've chosen that um, or they have chosen not to uh, accept God, at least at that point in their life. Um, so they are, in some cases, foolish and disobedient and deceived by the enemy. And so you know, abortion is so liberalized in our society um, and so accepted that, you know, a lot of times people that are pro-choice, they're just uninformed and uncounseled. Um, they readily give in to the abortion and they don't even think much about the consequences. Um, I know I think they think, well, it's legal. So how can it be bad? They hear that it's supported by their favorite celebrities and politicians. So they think, well, how can it be bad? Um, they hear about the studies that are put out by the media, which is usually one-sided, um, showing that it's not harmful. And so they think, well, how can it be bad? Um, so I think as Christians, we need to be the light and we need to show love and compassion and um, grace and mercy to them 
And um, we just need to speak truth, though, um, because true love speaks truth. And so to love those people, we need to tell them the truth. Um, but we also have to realize that, you know, they are living in the secular world and they will do things based on that. Yeah, that's a good longing to, to desire for them to hear the truth and for them to ultimately connect with the truth. Um, so, Jim, would you close out our podcast with a prayer, uh, with the expectation that those who are listening may join you in this calling out to God and, um, yeah, they may join you in this prayer? Yes. Lord, thank you so much for our time together today. Uh, thank you so much for Jacob and for his podcast and for this platform. And we really look forward to the ways that you will surprise and amaze us with your faithfulness. The lives that you will touch of those listening to this podcast. The people that you will use to brighten dark spaces and to lift sad hearts. Our discussion today was fueled by you, Father, and who created us to be a light to this world, to color the dark darkness, and to bring life to dead places and love to lost faces. Please bless our work and our time. Please guide our steps and our progress. And we pray that those that need to hear the truth will hear it. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Safely to arrive at home Jesus
sponsors include Heritage House, Patriot Insurance, and iRapture.com. The Pro-Life Team Podcast is a ministry of iRapture.com. If you would like to explore making a donation or becoming a sponsor or have a recommendation for who would be a good guest on the podcast, please contact us at hello at prolife.team.